Welcome, dear listeners, to another tale of murder, scandal, and crime from Mississauga's darker side. In today's case, a man vanishes. A knock at the door stops the wedding day festivities dead in their tracks. The respectable groom kisses his blushing bride one last time. He answers the door and is never seen again. Or was he? An unsolved mystery over 150 years old. Or, dear listeners, has this detective finally cracked it? These are the strange lives of George Silverthorne. From the case files of Heritage Mississauga, this is Mississauga Confidential. If the job's too tough for you to handle, you got a job for me, George Valentine. George, you better be careful with me tonight. Let George do it. And that goes for you too, George. I say, I say. I got a hunch this case isn't going to be as simple as any way you look at it. Fine, upstanding George Silverthorne was born to privilege and wealth. His parents, Joseph and Jane Silverthorne, were successful farmers in the village of Dixie. For their home, they built the stately Cherry Hill House, still standing at Dixie and Cothra Roads. Even today, parks, streets, and schools in the area bear the Silverthorne name. Since his birth in 1814, George's life was headed in the same upward trajectory. He became a magistrate in Toronto Township, a fence viewer, and then a warden. He was carrying on the Silverthorne name proudly. In spite of his small-town successes, George Silverthorne yearned to be a bigger fish in a bigger pond. Like many mid-19th century dreamers, he heard a siren song calling to him from the West, a dirge called the California Gold Rush. In 1850, he pulled up stakes and headed westward to dig for his fortunes in the western mountains. George Silverthorne returned home two years later in early 1852 with a fortune more shimmering than gold. He was in love. His fiancée was named Louise Leonard, a native woman from the Wintu tribe of Northern California. The two were married in Dixie Union Chapel later that year. After the ceremony, the happy bride and groom hosted a reception in the drawing room at Cherry Hill House. Huddled around the warm hearth, the hungry guests were toasting the newlyweds as they awaited their dinner. A heavy knock at the door broke the revelry. George excused himself and went to answer it. Guests heard him conversing with a man's muffled voice. The door closed as George exited the house to join the unknown, uninvited man outside. That was the last time any of them ever saw George Silverthorne. When George didn't return to the party for a while, his blushing bride became anxious. Papa Joseph and George's uncle Aaron Silverthorne went outside and searched the grounds of the farm. No George. They returned to the house, hoping he'd doubled back and they'd missed each other. No George. A search party was organized and canvassed the area surrounding the farm. Still, no George. The groom had vanished into thin air. 
In his absence, George Silverthorne became the star of all the scintillating scuttlebutt the small-town gossips could conjure. A California business deal gone sour had followed him home to Cherry Hill House, and it was a group of irate investors who had knocked on his door. He'd married a woman in California, and the spurned spouse's family had dragged him back to domesticity in the Golden State. Goons with a grudge from his magistrate days had come looking to settle a score. All these ripping yarns were set to the same tune. Georgie had stirred up trouble, and trouble had finally caught up with him. The only fact you can take to the bank about George Silverthorne is that he was never seen or heard from in Toronto Township ever again. That's where the strange life of George Silverthorne ends. It's also where an even stranger life begins. August, 1853, Shasta County in the mountains of Northern California. On the banks of the glittering Pitt River, a ferry service opened. The boating concern was run by a physician named Dr. George William Silverthorne and his wife, Louisa Lucy Leonard, a native Wintu woman. The ferry service was a success. In the decades that followed, they expanded into boat rentals, food service, and rented rooms. The doctor and his wife had five children together and laid down roots. They never left Shasta County, and both were interred together in the local cemetery. Today, boats still run out of Silverthorne Resort, at the end of Silverthorne Road, on what is called Silverthorne Bay, just a few miles from the Silverthorne neighborhood in Redding, California. A bigger pond? For George? Maybe just a different one. Are George Silverthorne of Toronto Township, Ontario, and Dr. George Silverthorne of Shasta County, California, one and the same? The world is a cockeyed place, a world where two different George Silverthorns can each be married to a different Louisa Leonard. Coincidences happen, and there are too few facts to ink a capital T on truth. Take your pick, dear listeners, because we may never know for sure. History, after all, has a way of keeping its most seductive secrets strictly hush-hush. And so we close the file on another tale of murder, scandal, and crime from Mississauga's Darker Side. This podcast is written by Brian Ho and Nicole Mayer. Research by Brian Ho, Nicole Mayer, and Matthew Wilkinson. An adaptation of this story by Matthew Wilkinson first appeared in the Heritage News. Georgie Porgy, written and performed by Kiefer Davies, Vanessa Davies, and Nicole Mayer. Video content produced by Brian Ho, Nicole Mayer, and Ryan Parks. Mississauga Confidential is a Heritage Mississauga production. Heritage Mississauga is a not-for-profit organization dedicated to researching, recording, and celebrating the history of the city of Mississauga, Ontario, Canada. Your support helps create programming just like this. For more information about Heritage Mississauga and to become a member, Please visit heritagemississauga.ca and follow us on YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter. Until next time, dear listener, this is Mississauga Confidential, signing off.